Hello and welcome to Love Signals. My name is Michaela McDonald and I will be your host as we go on a journey of exploring all the ways that love is sending signals to us and through us. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 42. And today I want to continue on the theme of presence, which I started last week, by exploring the power of being present with each other, with one another, and with ourselves. So this kind of more human, collective type of presence. And really, I just want to think about presence more because I felt so inspired after last week's episode to explore presence as a theme more in my own life and in my own heart. And one of the questions I've been sitting with and living with is, where am I living? Am I living in the past? Am I living in the future? Am I living in some other parallel reality that's maybe a fear or a, or a, a daydream, a fun thing? Where am I living? Am I living in somebody else's life? being aware of what's going on for them? Am I living in my own life? And it's so interesting to notice how good my mind is, and maybe this feels true for you too, how good my mind is at living outside of the present. How good my mind is at um, imagining what's possible in the future, good or bad, and um, reflecting on the past, good or bad, and it all, all the colors in between. There are so many ways that (laughs) I think uh, being present can seem kind of, at first glance, it could seem maybe kind of mundane or boring or like, "Mm, there's just not that much excitement. I think that's probably part of why my mind can struggle to just rest in the present and be aware of what's going on here. Because it can feel like, I get this. I understand the space around me. I understand my somatic felt experience. I'm good. I, it's, I think what I actually need to focus on is that thing that I'm going to work on later or that thing that happened that I'm not sure I've fully processed yet. Or it's just like, what? And, and, and I can feel how my brain is even looking for the entertainment and the excitement of things outside of this present moment. And I was noticing even the other day um, when <laughs> when my boyfriend and I are getting ready to sit down and watch a show, sometimes he has to get up and like get more things. You know, he has to like get a sip of water or he wants to go turn off his phone or he needs to go to the bathroom. Or, and I can have this moment of feeling impatient of like, I don't want to just sit. I want the TV to be going or I want, you know, I need some kind of entertainment. Like if I knew you were going to go do something, I'd have a book here or I'd have my phone so I could look on Pinterest or whatever it is, all these silly things. And I had the most exquisite experience the last two days I've been doing this where when he needs to go up, go get something or get up, I, I've i just been sitting. And for me, it, it takes the form of almost like a form of prayer. But at the core, I really feel that I'm just being deeply present. Sometimes I'll rest my hands on my heart and I'll close my eyes. Sometimes I'll just kind of soften my gaze and relax my body and just notice the feeling of warmth in my body and the feeling of my body relaxing into the the sofa beneath me. 
and I'll just breathe. And for me, it also feels nice to take a moment to connect with some gratitude and just thank love, thank God for the blessings in my life and for this moment and the food that I'm eating or the water that I'm drinking or just the sense of coziness and safety and ease that I have in that moment. And it's been so sweet and it just feels so nice to realize that there's all this ease and all this love and satisfaction really that's ready and waiting and available for me to really feel it. And all I need to do is get present with it. And so it's it feels so cool too to, to step out of the belief or the narrative of I need to be doing something all the time, whether it's being entertained, <laughs> which I think I can I can pretend that I'm doing something even when I'm just entertaining myself, kind of infotainment. I love learning. So <laughs> sometimes I just treat new information as as um a form of entertainment. And that entertainment then becomes like, oh well I'm I'm accomplishing something because I'm learning something. <laughs> and I I won't just let myself be present. And I'm okay with both. I'm really okay with spending time, you know, thinking about other things, listening to stuff while I'm folding the laundry or whatever it is. But it feels so awesome and so, like almost like like I've just gained this whole new layer of joy in my life to realize that those moments where I could feel impatient or I could feel like, you know, this isn't where it's at. I need I need to be doing something. I need to occupy my consciousness with something outside of just exactly what's here right now. And in dropping that story and resting into this sense of gratitude and and savoring of the present moment and of my present experience, I've been experiencing so much love and joy. And, I, and that just naturally wants to ripple out. I feel so much appreciation. I already feel a lot of appreciation for my partner, but it even feels heightened. And it just feels so good. So that's been my fun little experiment over the past week. And as I've been thinking more about presence, it's made me think about how it can be such a gift to others when we're present with them. I think about the power of deep listening and really like listening with no agenda, right? When when somebody's listening to you and they're not planning what they're going to say and they're not stuck in the past, right? They're really being present with you, noticing how you feel, what you're saying. There's something so amazing about that. And, and maybe that's something that's really familiar for you. Maybe you have people in your life, friends, loved ones who listen deeply to you or therapists even, you know, coaches, all of that. Or maybe that feels like, wow, I don't know if I've experienced deep listening as much as I'd like to in my life. And that's something I feel that feels foreign even. So I, I also realized that this deep listening, this sense of being deeply present with somebody is in a way part of what I was exploring with the Love Letter Project because I was bringing this sense of presence to uh, 
um, to myself, like this sense of deep listening to the inner workings of, of me. (laughs) And I think the more we can give ourselves what we crave from the world, right? The more, so in this example, the more we can give ourselves deep listening, the more we can really receive that and notice when that's available to us in our world. And the more we're able to give that, right? It's like you cannot give from an empty cup. So fill your own cup, fill your own cup with this sense of feeling listened to, feeling held, feeling cared for. And I think that's probably part of what I've been experiencing in those moments of presence and quiet that I've been taking where for me, it feels like I get to rest in the embrace of love and feel held and listened to and cared for. And there's this way that I feel so filled up. I feel like, ah, awesome. Well, off I go. (laughs) You know, it's just like um, very, very filling, fulfilling. So I want to share an excerpt from a mini course in life about this that I feel like ties in. And then we'll, we'll explore that a little more. And then I want to share a love letter. And I also want to share something called co-counseling with you all, which is something that I've mostly learned about from my mom. But I did look it up recently because I was like, well, wait, what, what does the internet say about this? <laughs> so we'll talk about that as well. All right. So first off, this excerpt is from some of the early intro chapters from a mini course for life. And it's talking about the difference between your belief system and reality. We are what we believe. Our belief system is based on our past experience, which is constantly being relived in the present with an anticipation of the future being like the past. Our present perceptions are so colored by the past that we are unable to see the immediate happenings in our lives without distortions or limitations. With a sincere willingness, we can re-examine who we think we are in order to achieve a new and deeper sense of our real identity. So I love this because I feel like it talks, in a way it's kind of pointing to that idea of where are you living? Are you living in the past? Are you living in the future? And what I love about this passage is that it points out how so often our imaginings about the future are really just these reliving past experiences where we're projecting the past onto the future. I loved playing with like little train sets and things like that as a kid. And I, I frequently, I, for the longest time, I, I honestly can't even remember how long I've had this image in my mind of how often we, um, we will use one part of the train set like that comes from where the train has just been, right? The past one part of that train track and we'll grab it and we'll put it in front. So maybe we're just working with two puzzle pieces of train track. And once the train is off of the one piece of track, we grab that up and put it in front of us. And then, you know, and just on and on, rinse, repeat, just one after another. And we just keep going in the same direction, right? And I know um, if you've ever played with those sets, there's some that are straight pieces. There's some that are curved pieces. And to me, this sometimes in my life, I feel like I've just been grabbing the the back piece and it's a curved piece and so it's like I'm just going in circles I'm just grabbing like a right turn and I'm just turning again and again right 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 and just going in a circle and not in a fun way (laughs) so so this idea of questioning 
and re-examining who we think we are in order to achieve a new and deeper sense of our real identity, I think that some of that comes from acknowledging when we're living in the past and be like, hmm, well, that's just the past or when we're living in the future, but it's, you know, basically just a new flavor of the past and be like, hmm, well, that's not even real. That's not, hasn't even happened yet. I actually don't know what's going to happen there and coming into the present, which is where all reality actually exists. And in the present, I think there's a lot of layers happening in the present moment. Um, but I also think it's very simple. It's it's an interesting combo. <laughs> and I wonder what your experiences are like with that. Maybe if you meditate regularly or you have some kind of centering practice, prayer, yoga, movement, massage. I think there's so many different things that can help us come into the present moment. I even think some more extreme sports or not extreme necessarily, but like intense physical activities can bring us into the present moment. I know my mom plays a few like really fun sports where one is water volleyball and the other is pickleball and you really have to focus on the ball and where it is like the whole time. And there's something about that that it's like all that exists is where that ball is right now. And of course, as she's gotten used to the sports, maybe other layers of awareness of like, how am I doing? <laughs> and like, could I do better? And all of that can come into play. But especially when the game's really happening and there's a good volley, all you can do is be present with watching that ball and where it's going. And there's a lot of joy and a lot of peace that comes from that place of presence. And so what I'm trying to say here is there's lots of ways that we can be present. And I'm curious what you've experienced in your own life and what you've noticed about how you feel when you are present. So to continue on this theme, trying to decide, do I want to do the letter or do I want to talk about co-counseling? Let's talk about co-counseling. So co-counseling, as has been introduced to me by my mom, which I also looked it up and it's very similar to what she said, but there's something that my mom highlighted that I love that maybe only comes from going to the actual classes for it. I'm not sure. But co-counseling is where you are partnered with somebody and you take turns counseling each other but it's not that you are giving advice or you know but like therapizing the other person there's a set amount of time let's say it's 20 minutes total and you divide the time so that one of you gets half the time and the other of you gets the other half of the time and so you know let's say it's like me and a friend so i could start as as the person kind of sharing and for those 10 minutes, I would just share whatever's going on, whatever I'm thinking about, maybe a, a certain theme has been introduced or whatever. And during that time, the other person just listens. And then after the 10 minutes are up, you switch. So the person who's been listening now shares whatever is going on for them. And I, in turn, would just listen. Now, two important things. One, you don't have to, you, not, not only do you not have to respond to what the person has said, it's actually important that you do not. You are not there to respond or try to fix or analyze or inquire about what that person has said. And I, I think this is so beautiful, especially since, you know, it's 10 minutes for one, 10 minutes for the other in this example, because I know 
if there wasn't that rule of like, don't respond to the other person, I would probably use the first two to five minutes of my own time reflecting on the other person and like trying to make them feel seen and heard and felt and (laughs) all of that. And so there's something kind of liberating about it, just being like, no, just then, then you just take your time and you share what's up for you. Now, the thing that my mom pointed out that, that has really stuck with me ever since she first told me about this was that as the listener, your job is to just listen. But the layer on top of that is that you think highly of the person while you're listening to them. And just take a moment to really imagine that. Imagine being listened to and the person who's listening to you, looking at you as you're talking, being deeply quiet, deeply present, really hearing the words you're saying, is thinking highly of you the whole time. And you can know that, right? Because you, you, you know you've done that for them. You know what it's like to do that. And so how soothing is that, right? To, to share and to know that you're sharing in a space where you're being thought highly of. That person's just bathing you in this, this warm glow of love. And in turn, what does it feel like when you imagine here in this moment right now? What would it feel like to listen to somebody share with you? Maybe it's something tender or maybe it's just something like, you know, kind of a normal day. Like, I felt so annoyed and traffic was slow and this and that and my coffee wasn't hot enough or (laughs) whatever it is. What would it be like to listen deeply and to think highly of that person? How does that feel for you? What I notice with the second part, with listening to somebody and thinking highly of them, is that it actually feels really good to me. It feels good to me to think highly of the person that I'm listening to. And I think my, my, my suspicion, my happy suspicion, is that it feels good to think highly of the person I'm listening to because when I do that, I'm connecting more with love and with how love views this person and how how this love that's bigger than us, right? This love that's connected to God, that, that comes from God, holds that person, right? Loving them, loving them so much that they're completely held and embraced and supported. And we're cheering them on as they grow and as they evolve and as they transform for the better. And so I think part of that, that nice feeling that happens for me is just, it feels good to remember that this person is held in love's embrace and I'm held in love's embrace. So you can obviously totally play with this on your own with or with friends or with your loved ones where you can literally set a timer and and just lay out, you know, the basics of, hey, I want to try this thing where we take time listening to one another. We don't have to respond at all. It's actually important that we do not respond. We will not respond to what the other one said um, unless later, like I imagine, like maybe, you know, later after you've done the little switch off, maybe later you're like, hey, can we talk about some of the things you shared? I have some thoughts and I'd just like to talk about it more. And maybe the person's like, yeah, or maybe the person's like, no, I feel really, that was great. I feel complete. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, so the the outline would be, you know, you decide how much time each person gets and it needs to be equal. Um, You don't respond at all, but you deeply listen and the person who's listening thinks highly of the other person. And I guess perhaps another layer you could add to that is as the person sharing, really try to share whatever feels like really true. Like let yourself make the most of this opportunity as much as you feel comfortable with. There's something about someone listening with deep presence, I've found, that can evoke really honest sharing, especially when it's this deep presence that's combined with warmth because it feels, it's, it's, it's a warm embrace. It's not this like, eh, I'm going to judge you and put you on a cold scale and see how, <laughs> how you weigh up, you know. It's, it's a very inviting space of, of appreciation and, and curiosity and, and warmth. And in a way, I think one of the things that's beautiful about not responding and having that rule of like, don't respond, don't say yeah or no, or, oh, really? Or, you know, like, and just be quiet, <laughs> just listen and be quiet. Part of the gift of that too, is that, um, mm, you get to let go of even perceiving that there's anything to fix and that there's anything wrong. You can just simply be present with what this person's presenting. And like this, um, this quote from the book, a mini course in life talks about, I feel like there was the word dissolve. Maybe that was in another section. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. But the sense of you know, the, the past and future dissolve and we're left with the present. So it feels like co-counseling to me is, is a way to practice being present. And even if it is, you know, let's, let's be clear. Chances are you might have some judgments pop up as you're listening or just some desire to like, oh no, I want to fix that. Or, oh no, I want to, I have an idea about how to help with that. And that becomes a practice for you as the listener to just work with like, how interesting, okay, like there's this part coming up that wants to share, that wants to help, that wants to do something. And what if I just let that go and just listened even deeper and gave this person my full attention? And this is where I think some of the practices that come from somatics can be really helpful, like noticing what your breathing's like. And and if if it feels shallower than you'd like, maybe slow your breathing down, send it deeper into your belly, or notice what your clothing feels like against your skin or the temperature in the room, or just kind of bring your attention to things that help you be present with your body, your physical body, because there's a way that that is very grounding in the present moment. So obviously co-counseling is very exciting to me. I definitely plan to really pursue trying this out more. It's something that I think has been so layered into my life with my mom being so aware of it. She used to do it with my dad. They took classes in it and everything. Um, But I feel like I kind of grew up with that, that energy of like deep listening and being thought highly of while I was being listened to. Like what a gift. Thank you, mom. What a beautiful gift. And then it's something because she taught me what that was like. It's something that I know I've included in how I am in my friendships, not all the time, 
not all the time. You know, it's, it's more when I consciously think about it. And it's definitely something that's come into the space of when I'm a coach with people. Um, there's something really powerful about deeply listening to somebody and letting go of any desire to chime in or fix or anything like that. And I will say, I think the times where I do that, some really deep transformation seems to emerge. And I think that's partly because that present moment combined with that connection with love and God and all that, woo, man, there's a lot of power there, right? And there's a lot of possibility for transformation. Okay, let's read a love letter and then we'll wrap this up. So this comes from December 6th of 2020. And I was really like, oh my gosh, I was so deep in the process of packing up my apartment and getting ready to move and just feeling like, okay, I'm really doing this. I'm really like leaving this beautiful apartment, this beautiful town, this place that I felt so connected to that I've, that's hard to imagine not being in. And I'm choosing to step into the unknown of just, just heading west and going and staying with my mom for a while and traveling and creating some whole new chapter. (laughs) And so there was a, definitely a leap of faith happening here as I've talked about many times. But what I love about this letter is that it felt like this was a moment where I was really pausing and getting presence and filling up on love again. So here we go. Softly, 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 brushing against my cheek and nose, I feel you. Breezes of the Sunday dawn. Gentle touch reminds me of how safe I am, how held I am. I feel loved. I feel love everywhere. The magic of life is greeting all my senses with love in every movement, sight, sound, rattling leaf, sunbeam, sweet air, and breath. I feel so happy to be alive. I feel the grace of love sweeping me along in moments of stillness and dynamism. Mm. There is something so vivid about times of transition. In a way, I feel like times of transition, times of change are some of the times in my life where I've been the most present, (laughs) which really feels counterintuitive, especially because of how much I can like get into like a powerful logistical brain and think about all the plans I'm making and what's going to happen next and, and and I'll go over the plan again and again and again. And um, that being said, there is still this sense of presence and, and, and keen appreciation for all the little details, right? It's like when you know this is the last time you're going to that restaurant or this is the last time you're going to be in that house or the last time you're going to wear that pair of shoes or whatever it is, whenever there's some transition happening where one reality is going to go away and a new reality is going to, you know, take, take its place. There's this way that we become so attentive to all the details 
And, and it's like our, our consciousness is flooded with appreciation and, and attentiveness to all those, all those parts. And uh, there's, there's this sweet line from The Office that if you all are familiar with the show, I imagine you know it, where I think Andy says, I wish you could know it was the good old days when it's happening versus basically just always looking back and realizing, oh, that was the good old days. I wish you knew it was the good old days when it's happening. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. And I think that's part of what feels so exciting about taking time to be present because being present and savoring the details of being alive in this moment, whether it's on your own, with your own heart, with the room, the nature, whatever it is around you, or whether it's with someone else, someone else you love or a crowd, maybe you're out, you know, walking around town, but being present with life allows us to extend our attentiveness and that appreciation for what is. And it can make a very regular moment into the good old days, into a precious moment. I think in a way, most of our life is the good old days. And it's we just need some time to look back on it to realize that. And so there's a lot of goodness here and we can notice it. And I feel like, I guess that's something I come back to all the time with this podcast is that love signals to me is about noticing the love that's here, noticing the goodness that's here. And being present feels like one of the best ways to do that. And I know I introduced a lot of ideas here today talking about, you know, practicing being present in those little moments where we might want to entertain ourselves or distract ourselves. I also talked about being present with the people in our lives and the way that that's a way to extend love and to connect with love in a deeper way. Um, we talked about co-counseling and the way that we can share that sense of like loving presence and deep listening with one another. Um, and I also talked about how, you know, where are you living? Are you living in the past? Are you living in the future? And not that it's wrong to do either of those things, but what about spending some time consciously choosing to live in the present? What is here now? This time is such a gift and there's so much love here. I mean, that's the thing that I come back to again and again and again and again is that there is so much love here and it's just waiting for us to notice it. It's like so ready. It, it, I feel that to this day. And then I, you know, this love signals world has been going on for a long time for me now. And I feel it again and again. So I hope that these ideas and these questions and invitations and <laughs> just all my musings have brought you some peace, have brought you some sense of ease while you've listened to this and perhaps in the coming week or days as you reflect on these ideas and explore them for yourself. If you ever want to reach out to me, I have an email address. It's lovesignalspodcast at gmail.com. That's lovesignals, plural, podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. 
any about anything about how how love signals is going for you maybe it's i wrote my first love letter and here's how it went (laughs) or i have a question about it whatever it is i'd love to hear from you all and if you want to share this podcast with a friend or a co-worker i would love that word of mouth is my favorite way for things to be shared and you know if this has touched you and your heart in any way and you think that it would be just nice, it just might add like a little a little more love to somebody's life, then please choose an episode and share it. I think there's pretty easy sharing features on Spotify and, and Apple, iTunes, if those are, those are the main places it seems like people listen to this. So please share and thank you for being here. All right, until next time, please know there is so much love here for you. May you continue to feel it more and more every day in every way. Take care.